You are Locked On Cougars. This is your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Thank you for joining us on a Tuesday edition of the show. A lot to get to like usual. Uh, Monday was very eventful. We'll recap some of it for you guys, how it involves BYU football. Of course, multiple games canceled on the Cougars schedule. Who is left after all of these cancellations? We'll break all of that down for you on today's show. We'll also get to some of the highlights from BYU football media availability yesterday. Kalani Sitake speaking to the media as well as Zach Wilson. Get you some of the highlights of what they had to say to the media. So a lot to get to on a Tuesday edition of the show. Today's show is brought to you in part by our good friends at Biomat USA. We will tell you a little bit about them here in just a little bit. But with that rundown out of the way, let's get to it here. This is the Locked on Cougars podcast for August 11th, 2020. What's up, guys? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for taking the time to download your daily podcast with us here on the Locked On Cougars podcast. Our aim, if you're new to the show, if you're just finding us for the first time, first off, welcome. I'm Jake. But we aim to be your one-stop shop for all the BYU sports news you need to know about each and every day as well as all of the insider information that we can collect and pass along to you guys that you will not find anywhere else. So hopefully you make it a lot of fun to be a BYU fan, and a big thank you once again for your continued support. Make sure if you haven't done so already, wherever you're listening in from, to hit that follow or subscribe button. That way you never miss an episode of the podcast. All right, let's start off today's show talking about everything that went on yesterday. And I'm not sure we can recap all of it. It might go for, what, three hours if we recapped everything that we learned yesterday. But let's put it this way. College football is very much in peril. Yesterday, the Mountain West Conference announced that they were suspending their fall sports season all fall sports, so college football included. That means three of BYU's games that were on the schedule, uh, speaking of San Diego State, Boise State, and Utah State, those games, poof, gone, sayonara. That means how many games does BYU have left on their schedule? A lot of people are probably wondering, and you might be wondering the same thing. Well, as it stands right now, there are three games on BYU's schedule. They have the season opener they announced last week against Navy on September 7th out there in Annapolis. October 16th, they have a home game against Houston at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. And as things stand right now, they also have a home game on November 21st against the North Alabama Lions. But that game is very much in peril in its own right, I feel like. As members of the Big South, that conference could cancel games at any point now. But additionally... Uh, North Alabama announced earlier this week they are suspending practices and voluntary workouts for at least a week. So they're very much in the crosshairs of that game could be nixed. And all of a sudden, BYU's left with one of their original 12 games plus one they have scheduled against Navy. They could have a grand total of two games uh, before all is said and done. And who knows if they would have zero games before all is said and done. Uh, expecting today at some point, and if by the time you hear this, it might have been announced that the Pac-12 and the Big Ten are going to suspend their fall seasons as well. And that would mean that uh, a lot of teams have canceled their seasons at that point. Well, we've got 12 teams in the Mountain West. We've got 12 in the Pac-12. That's 24. We have uh, the Big Ten, which has 14 teams. That brings us to 38. Old Dominion canceled their season yesterday. That's 39. We had UConn last week. That's 40. 
And then you had the Mac. What is the Mac God? They got 12 teams. So that would bring us to 52 of the 130 teams, if my math is correct, that will have canceled their season before too long here. The question mark that remains now is how many of the remaining teams and conferences are going to hold out with the expectation they will play their seasons. Well, it looks like right now the ACC, they're kind of sitting there waiting to hear what's going to happen with the SEC and the Big 12, as well as, of course, the official announcements from the Big 10 and the Pac-12 before they decide what they want to do. The reports out of the SEC say that that conference, they'd like to play football, but obviously they're being very cautious. They have been very cautious from the get-go, been very deliberate about what they've gone about in terms of making their decisions. So the SEC, I think, has every intention of playing. I get the same vibe from the Big 12, despite them not having as many reports out there. I think the Big 12 would like to play their season. So those two conferences, I think, will push forward. I think if those two decide, you know what, we're going to go for it, I think the ACC will get on board as well. That would mean three of the five Power 5 conferences are in for the season. Conference USA said yesterday they plan to continue to play their season. The AAC, the American Athletic Conference, which BYU currently has two games contracted against, said they're planning on playing their season in the Sun Belt. I haven't heard anything as of yet, but who knows what the next domino might fall and if all the dominoes might fall in the coming days. If not, by the end of the week, we could have the college football season canceled outright, at least for this fall. It's disappointing. There's no doubt about it. If you guys heard yesterday's podcast, I was about as down as I've been on the prospects of a season, but... I think the biggest thing we can take away from this is that Kalani Satake, speaking to the media yesterday, well, he was very straightforward when asked, okay, what are your thoughts on the current situation with college football and where things stand? Well, here's what Coach Satake had to say. Well, I think there's a lot of discussion going around, but we just go to work. Uh, we're going to go until they tell us to stop. And um, our mindset is to just get better every day. There you go, Kalani Satake, and you heard him talk about it. Until they tell us we're done, we're going to keep pushing forward. And I have to respect that belief in what's going on. I think BYU has every intention of playing games, if at all possible. Obviously, let's say that every other conference, every other team out there decides, you know what, we're canceling our season. Well, at that point, BYU's got no choice but to say, you know what, we're done. I think the good news is, out of all of this right now, is some of the statements coming out from coaches, players, administrators, and the like are that there are teams out there who are looking to play and want to play. I think Scott Frost yesterday from Nebraska was very straightforward about it. He said that we will evaluate all options if the Big Ten does decide to cancel the season, and we will play anybody, anywhere, anytime. Well, if I'm BYU, if I'm Tom Homo, I'm on the phone right now with Nebraska saying, hey, you guys serious about that? Let's get a game on the docket. I don't know how the Big Ten would respond to something like that. Uh, of course, there's people out there saying that Ohio State wants to do something like that. Uh, Michigan also saying via Jim Harbaugh they'd like to play the season. Jim Harbaugh's been putting out letter after letter, it seems like, about his desire to play the season. There are going to be a lot of frustrated coaches, coaching staff members, football staff members, players, student-athletes, and even some administrators, I think, to a degree. They're going to be very angry if these college presidents, these university presidents decide, you know what, we're canceling the season and that's that's going to be that. I don't know what ultimately the next step might be, but man, I think there is a little bit of a, a, 
what, how do I describe it? I think there's going to be a, a come to Jesus moment, I guess is what we'll call it in college football. There's going to be a day of reckoning to come because there are going to be teams, I think, that might go a little bit rogue here and try and play games. We saw a statement from the Air Force Academy last night say that, yes, we understand why the Mountain West decided to suspend the fall season, but we have every intention of exploring opportunities to play against the other service academies, speaking of Army West Point and Navy, for the Commander-in-Chief's Trophy. What is the what is the Mountain West going to do if, if Air Force schedules those games? I don't know what they can do. Maybe they can slap them with a fine that I think Air Force would pay happily if they're able to schedule those games and play against their longtime brothers and armed forces. I don't think they'd have a problem with that. Are we going to see a mutiny in college football? I don't know, but... It sounds like there are some, I, what I term mavericks out there who would really like to test the boundaries of what they might be able to get away with if their conferences have already or might cancel their fall seasons inside the conference. Very interesting situation that's developing here. And I feel like there's a little bit of a, a powder keg brewing here that could explode at some point. And I think the biggest thing it needs to come down on, needs to blow up, is the NCAA. Mark Emmert and the NCAA have just been a sham operation during all of this. They've offered no guidance. They pretty much just pawned everything off on all the other administrators out there, conference commissioners, athletic directors, university presidents, you name it. Mark Emmert and the NCAA have essentially washed their hands of it and said, you guys do what you want. We'll just be here and support you in whatever you want to do. That's some real leadership there, Mark Emmert. I get the, the Power Five or the autonomous conferences that they have essentially full power over themselves outside of the fact that you guys control enforcement for them and also the payouts from NCAA championships, but good heavens grow a spine already and, and make a statement. that's not so wishy-washy. You just, you're, you're so convoluted after you read it. You're like, what is going on here? But I digress. The NCAA, if you've listened to this podcast for a long time, I'm not a huge fan. I think it's a sham operation. I think it needs to be blown up and redone, but Hey, Maybe this will ultimately come to that where the NCAA is blown up and things change, but who knows? I do think, though, that there are a lot of people out there very frustrated by the relative few, speaking of university presidents, making a decision for the many, speaking of college administrators, athletic directors, and the like, coaches, coaching staffs, staff members, and the student-athletes who are affected most of all by all of this by having their seasons canceled or potentially moved to the spring. I can tell you this much. I don't think spring is going to be a viable option. That's just my honest take on it. I think that we, if we, if we see the college football season canceled this fall, we're not going to see college football back until the fall of 2021. That's my hot take of the day. You guys can take it or leave it. Let me know what you think. But I really do think that we're very much at that point here and it doesn't look good. So we'll see how it all shakes out. But I just look at this and I feel like, you know what? There is, there's a lot of angst in college sports and I, I could see some interesting situations developing here. It's not to say that I'm still very disappointed. I could see the college football season being canceled at some point here. But as I said, if this season does get canceled, I'm not going to lie. We may go 18 months without college sports because I really do think that you will not see sports back in action until fall of 2021 at the earliest. That's just my thought on it. Maybe things will change for the better, but I don't think six months from now we're going to have the quote unquote miracle vaccine and we're not going to have all of a sudden COVID-19 disappear overnight. It doesn't appear to be that way. So very interesting situation developing literally minute by minute, hour to hour, day by day. And we'll do our best to bring you the latest when it comes to this, as we cover this all week long, 
The hope is, I think, that BYU has some of these other conferences decide, you know what, we're forging ahead, we're going to play games, and hopefully BYU is part of their plans in that regard. So there you go. Some of my thoughts on all of the stuff going on yesterday. It was an absolutely wild day. If you were on social media, you saw it, and hopefully you saw it on my social media feed. You can follow me at Jacob C. Hatch if you want to get more information and see more of what's going on out there in the greater college football universe. All right, coming up here in just a second, we will get you some more from BYU football media availability yesterday, some thoughts from Kalani Satake in addition to the one we just played. Also some thoughts from BYU quarterback Zach Wilson. A tease for you guys on Wednesday, we'll have Chandon Herring. I had a chance to speak with him one-on-one about BYU's offensive line. The senior who is part of the freaks list put together by the athletics, Bruce Feldman, one of the foremost authorities in college football, one of the greatest writers out there that's alive today. Why is Chandon Herring uh, so geeked about being on that list? You'll hear that on Wednesday's edition of the podcast. But more from Kalani Sitake and Zach Wilson coming up here in just a moment. Today's show is brought to you in part by our good friends at Biomat USA. I've told you about this company, guys, but Biomat USA has an urgent critical need for people to donate their plasma, and here's why. The plasma that they donate goes into life-saving medical technologies and treatments that help out your fellow man with a, me- with a myriad of different things that might be affecting them. Plasma is one of the most useful resources that these companies can collect. And there is, like I said, an urgent critical need for people to donate their plasma. And I would encourage you guys, stop by Biomat today. They're located in Orem, 349 East University Parkway, very conveniently located right there, pretty much on the corner of University Parkway and State Street. If you know where the University Mall is at, you're straight across the street there. If you know where the Sizzler is at across the street, you're right in in that neck of the woods. They're right there. Easy to find. You know exactly where I'm talking about if you've ever been to a game at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Just up the hill from the stadium there. Stop on by 349 East University Parkway in Orem. Best part about all of this is that, yeah, you're donating your plasma and helping out your fellow man. But in addition, you're getting paid for donating your plasma. Biomat USA pays you more for each donation you make each month. So the more you donate in a month, the more money you make each time you stop by. It's an easy way to put some cash into your pocket. And like I said, help out your fellow man. Additionally, if you've either had COVID-19, you suspect you might have had it. Well, guess what? They have that need as well. Griffles, their parent company, speaking of Myomat USA, they are looking into how convalescent plasma, which is the plasma donated from those who have recovered from COVID-19, can go into fighting this disease. They're looking into seeing if it can help us get a vaccine out there, treatment options, all kinds of different things. So Biomat USA, they need you guys' donations. Stop on by. They're open from the early morning to the late evening, 5 a.m. open, 8.30 p.m. close, so they can fit into your schedule whenever you've got the time. Stop on by, 349 East University Parkway in Orm. If you want to learn more about Biomat USA or you have questions, feel free to give them a call. 801-235-9800. That's 801-235-9800. They'd love to help you guys out and tell them that Locked On Cougar sent you when you stop by. That's Biomat USA, 349 East University Parkway in Orem, or give them a call, 801-235-9800. BYU football held media availability yesterday after day six of their practices. They have opened their second week of fall camp, obviously down there in Provo. I think things are still very much an optimistic view for the Cougars. They have this game scheduled for Navy. They don't have anything saying that they're going to have it canceled at the current time. Obviously, that's very much a day-by-day process, and I think BYU is still approaching things on a day-by-day process. I talked about it last week 
as the Cougars began to prep for the open of fall camp, they were going to take things week by week and even day by day. And as Kalani Satake said just a little bit ago, they're very much just going until somebody tells them they can't do it. The good news is a guy like Zach Wilson, he's taking full advantage right now. He is in there. He's showing what he can do in fall camp. Well, he was asked what his offseason was like and what he makes of his progression to this point as compared to a year ago. Yeah, I would say it's uh, tremendously higher, um, not just me, but the whole team. Um you know, personally, I feel like this is uh, one of the biggest off season for me. I feel like I've been able to take my arm from being, you know, not only was it not 100% last year, but but it's 100% and then better than than it was before surgery. So, um, you know, I would say that was probably the biggest thing for me is is just having that off season and that time, and then uh, the time in the weight room, the time with the boys, just uh, you know, going to lunch, whether it's hanging out at the football field, throwing extra, whatever. I just, you know, I'd say we're we're, we're strides ahead than where we were last year. There you go, Zach Wilson saying his arms as good as it's ever been. He said the offense is very much ahead of where they have been previously, and that's very positive news to hear if you're a BYU fan and. Here's hoping that it pays off in the form of BYU getting an opportunity to really show what they can do. Kalani Sitake spoke to the media yesterday and said they went live on Saturday. A lot of scrimmaging going on, full pads and the like. And he talked a little bit, or speaking of Zach Wilson, excuse me, Zach Wilson spoke a little bit of what the focus was for the offense in that and what that means for the offense, their focus during fall camp by extension. One of the biggest things for the offense was scoring on our first first two plays of, of team. We had... Uh, you know, a couple, I think the very first one, I hit Matt on a seam route and, and man coverage. He, he went up and made a great play from about 25 out. The very next one, we ran a um, like a little slip play to the sideline and Baylor found Carter Wheat for a touchdown. So I think, you know, those are the plays that we need as an offense to be able to show that we can score in the red zone, right? Because we, we definitely show that we can get into the red zone, but we got we to gotta score. There you go, Zach Wilson. And he's not wrong. BYU was 16th in red zone opportunities. Red, sorry, excuse me, not red zone opportunities. Red zone trips in 2019. But they were down, I think, almost near the 100 mark in terms of converting those into touchdowns. It's been a big focus. Uh, Jeff Grimes has talked about it. Aaron Roderick talked about it in spring ball. Kalani Satake has talked about it. And you just heard Zach Wilson talk about it. This is a team that wants to punch the ball in when they're in the red zone. They don't want to settle for three. They want to get six and that extra point. They want to get all seven points every time, if at all possible. And obviously, defenses will always have a say in that. If they're able to stop you, they're able to stop you. But it appears that BYU very much is focusing on scoring more. In talking with people down there at BYU, there is a renewed emphasis on creativity in the red zone for BYU. I don't know if that means new formations, but it does mean that BYU is being willing to try new things. I think they got into a rut a little bit a year ago, trying to get out of that rut in a, in a way to make sure that they're going forward and always improving. And hey, if it yields more touchdowns, it yields more points on the scoreboard, if BYU obviously does play this fall, I think BYU fans will not be complaining one bit. And that's the positive news. And it, like I said, I'm talking with our insiders down there. The creativity is back for BYU in the red zone. Like I said, I don't know if that means that they're going with crazy, funky formations or what, 
but they are switching things up and they're trying new things. And you heard Zach Wilson say they scored on the first two plays from scrimmage during that team portion, and that's a positive sign. The tight ends for BYU, a massive weapon. I've been talking about this. I'll continue to talk about it. Matt Bushman looks as good as he ever has been so far in fall camp, and that's a positive sign. But the good news is also other tight ends are stepping up. You heard him talk about the fact that Carter Wheat scored a touchdown. I've heard Isaac Rex looks like a man amongst boys out there. I mentioned yesterday that Lane Lunt, the Juco tight end, he's coming to really turn some heads as a walk-on into the program. But the good news is there's a lot of weapons for whatever quarterback, and I think it's going to be Zach Wilson still as a starting quarterback, to work with for BYU. Here's hoping they get the opportunity to play this fall and show what that offense can do. Who knows if that ultimately comes to fruition, but hey, I'm going to be rooting for these young men, and I'm excited to see what they can do. Uh, One note for you guys in terms of an insider tidbit for you is that there's been a couple of position changes. JT Gentry is playing on the defensive line currently. Of course, he came in as an offensive lineman to the BYU football program. His younger brother, Andrew, was that four-star prospect from Colorado who ultimately picked Virginia over BYU. Well, JT during fall camp now is playing on the defensive line. It's a similar move to what BYU did with Caden Haas, another reserve offensive lineman during spring ball, moving him to the defensive line to see how it might pan out for him. I don't know if it ultimately proves to be a long-term transition for a guy like JT Gentry, but he's given his best effort there on the defensive line and wish him nothing but the best. And then one other note for you guys in terms of personnel notes. I know you guys eat this stuff up. Some of you do. Other ones don't. I get it. But wanted to pass it along to you nonetheless is that for BYU at wide receiver, I think it's very much going to be interchangeable with tight ends and wide receivers. Hopefully that makes sense. I think that the tight ends have proven, especially a guy like Matt Bushman, that he's more than capable of as a down-the-field receiver. So you could see BYU lining up with potentially a Matt Bushman lined up out wide with a slot receiver inside of him. I think that might be going to part of the creativity that BYU's trying in the red zone. I don't know what that might yield, but I think the positive news is that BYU is not a af- the positive news excuse me is that BYU is not afraid to try new things and see if it works if it works great you've created a new mismatch for your team and you can utilize that until somebody else proves they can stop it if it doesn't well guess what you tear that sheet of paper up you crumple up with a ball toss it in the waste bin and on you go BYU is trying to do what they can do to be the best team that they can possibly be and I hope they get that opportunity to show that this fall all right, coming up here in just a second, we will update you on Uriah Leatawa's injury. Some positive news relatively with regards to what we originally reported yesterday and on social media, so we'll get to that here in just a minute. Before we do that, though, let's give away some BYU Nike gear. I did this about a week and a half ago, and those of you that weren't listening at that point, there will still be an opportunity for you to win. What you need to do to be entered is if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star rating as well as a review of what you like about the show, what you'd like to see us improve, etc. Regardless, with those two things out of the way, you're entered to win some BYU Nike gear I've got on my hands. And the way we're going to go about doing this, and I did this a couple weeks ago, I did it again last night when I was preparing for this podcast. I take all of the ratings and reviews, I put them into a number randomizer online, I ran it five times, and the number that comes up that corresponds with the person on their review, well, guess what? They win the BYU Nike gear. So that's as simple as it goes. And a big thank you to all of you who have been leaving your ratings and reviews. It really means the world to me to hear from you guys. And I love hearing what you guys think about the podcast, your thoughts on what can be improved, what you enjoy about it, all the different things, all the different takes we've gotten. So make sure to leave those if you haven't done so already. You'll be entered into a future drawings here. 
But our winner today goes out to our good friend, Navy Sucks. And I don't know who Navy Sucks is, but that's a great name considering, well, BYU's going to be playing Navy coming up. He said, quote, my go-to source for BYU sports news. I appreciate how refreshingly honest this podcast is about BYU sports. Some are almost propagandastic, if that's a word, as he says, about BYU, i.e. annoyingly positive. But Jake remains realistic about the Cougars while also being hopeful for the future. His content is informative, all around a great BYU sports podcast. Well, Navy Sucks, you have won some BYU gear. Email me at lockedonbyu at gmail.com and we'll get you some of that gear sent out to you. And a big thank you once again for your continued support of the show. It is a blast to be with you guys each and every day. As we wrap up today's podcast, an update for you guys. I broke it over the weekend that Uriah Leatawa was carted off the field on Saturday due to a leg injury. News came yesterday via my sources that it was a lower leg fracture that will take probably eight weeks at minimum to heal. As it stands right now, that would put Uriah Leatawa back in action for BYU, getting back onto the practice field, well, sometime around mid to late September, and as it stands, maybe one or two games for BYU currently. I think the positive news is the early returns on this were that Uriah was probably going to miss the upcoming season, and that would have been an absolutely devastating loss for the BYU football program. A guy who's battled back from two major back injuries earlier on in his career really had really had a good season last year in 2019 and was looking to build upon that going into 2020. He had worked hard in the offseason to see that kind of just crater and just to be taken away from him in one fell swoop would have been absolutely awful. So I guess the good news is it appears that mid-season return for Uriah Leatawa is on the table here. And of course, if the season does get canceled, maybe he gets a do-over and he can heal up fully and maybe play a healthy senior year at some point in 2021. Regardless, it appears that he is on track and the injury was not as serious as originally thought. And that's a positive. I think we can all be thankful for that. And I hope that Uriah, as I said on the podcast and on social media over the weekend, I hope he is doing well. I hope he's in good spirits. And like I said, the good news is, is it's not as serious of an injury as originally feared. And here, hey, I'm always hoping that BYU has a healthy fall camp. But the sad part of the matter is you're going to lose guys. You don't want to lose guys the caliber of Uriah Leatawa, especially when you're trying to rebuild a pass rush and your best pass rush option goes down with an injury. So an opportunity for some of the young guys at defensive end for BYU to step up here. Seleti Feveliaki, one of the guys who's been getting an opportunity early on in fall camp. Tyler Batty, the freshman return missionary from Payson High School. He also figures into the mix. And I think a dark horse here, if he's able to really take to the position after returning to the program, is a guy like Herkley Latu. Obviously a former star prospect from Kahuku High School there in Hawaii. He stepped away from the BYU football program last fall camp. A little bit of dissatisfaction, I think, with his role on the BYU side of things. And then decided, you know what, I want to come back to the program, rejoin the team in January, and it's been in the good graces ever since then. If he can take to the position, he's got untapped potential, and I think he has the opportunity to really make an impression here. We'll see if he's able to step up to the plate and really show what he can do, but there's an opportunity for all of the defensive ends on BYU's roster at this point to go out and make an impression, especially when one of the positions that you thought might be locked down is now appearing to be wide open. So best of luck to Uriah Leatow as he rehabs and gets ready to come back, hopefully at midseason if we are playing a season. But the good news is that there's an opportunity now for a lot of the young bucks that BYU fans have been hoping to see. Well, 
Here's their opportunity to step forward and really shine. And we'll be sure to bring anything else we learn more about the situation to you guys as we hear about it. All right, that's going to do it for today's podcast. A big thank you once again for your continued support of the show. We didn't get to the player countdown series today. I apologize. We'll double up tomorrow, catch up on that. And hey, we just having a good time talking BYU sports every day. Of course, there's a lot of downer news out there about the college football season to come, but I'm going to try and remain positive. As I said yesterday, if the college football season is canceled, it has all kinds of ramifications even for this podcast. So I'm choosing to remain positive, look forward and try and find the good in everything that's going on. But hey, we'll bring you the latest when it comes to BYU sports every day and stay with us throughout the duration of whatever comes next. So a big thank you once again for your support of the show. Have a great day whenever you hear this. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for August 11th, 2020. We will catch you guys tomorrow. Thank you